0: Hello. Welcome to the Movie Nuts podcast. I'm your host again, Rob Shive, the administrator of the Facebook closed Group, The Movie Nuts, and today we're doing a special podcast because of uh, an unfortunate and sad event, uh, the passing of one of the great entertainers of the uh, 70s, one of the great comedians uh, ever to grace the silver screen. Gene Wilder passed away on August uh, 29th, 2016. Gene Wilder was born originally Jerome Silberman, uh, legendarily picking Wilder as his stage last name because of his love for the play "Our Town," directed by Th- or, uh, sorry, written by Thornton Wilder. Uh, he did some television and things like that, including some small roles and some bigger films like Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, but he is most known, I believe, to 70s and 80s film fans. Uh, with regard to two collaborations. Number one was with Mel Brooks with whom he made a handful of the funniest movies ever made that hold up wonderfully and remain absolutely hilarious to this day. The lesser known of these actually nowadays is the original version of The Producers with Wilder as Leo Bloom uh, the meek accountant who joins up with Max Bialystock in their incredible determination to make the play Springtime for Hitler and make money by selling more than 100% of the proceeds to little old ladies. Uh, More people I'm sure are familiar with the Nathan Lane Matthew Broderick version but if you haven't seen the original it's absolutely hysterical. Uh, Wilder plays Leo Bloom in classic Wilder fashion partly under control, partly maniacal, and Zero Mostel is so wonderfully over the top, as is the rest of the very sixties-ish cast, that it, it's hysterical. Um, this was the beginning of their great collaborations that included then the two more famous films, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Uh, again, to describe them to you would do a great injustice if you've not seen either of those films, Uh, I highly recommend, if they're streaming, uh, I don't know what Netflix has left on board and what they've taken off, but if you can find those or borrow them from a friend or watch them on demand, they're hysterical. Young Frankenstein of the Two was Wilder's pet project, really. Uh, He had come to Brooks with the idea of making a comedy based on the Universal Studios Frankenstein movies. And they managed to do both an homage and a skewer of all the funny scenes of both. Uh, The brainchild of Wilder was the intelligent, brilliant, skeptical Dr. Frankenstein, as he pronounces it, in an effort to distance himself from his grandfather, the Baron von Frankenstein, who, as he once describes, his work was doo-doo. At any rate, the movie is is laugh out loud hilarious, constantly, and features many of Mel Brooks' typical uh, side performers, including the always wonderful Madeline Kahn. However, as premier Magazine noted, and really anyone who watches the movie would have to agree, I- it's Gene Wilder's film from the word go. Uh, his portrayal of of the unwitting Dr. Frankenstein Frankenstein, who ends up, of course, recreating the work that was due to and creating his own monster, played pitifully by the large Peter Boyle, uh, is just unbelievable. It's a wonderful combination of character, manic energy, and then subdued laughs. Uh, Wilder himself claimed that he really wasn't a very funny person in normal life, but when given an appropriate script, he knew what to do with it. And there's a little question that Young Frankenstein shows every ounce of that. Uh, From the typical Brooks slapstick to the double entendres to the timing of the comic lines to which uh, Gene Wilder had such a gift. Make Young Frankenstein funny again from the word go uh, all the way through the end. And it's a movie I've seen and I know a lot of you have probably seen dozens of times. And it's still... never not funny. It's always, always worth a watch. Even if you just catch a partial scene with Marty Feldman and his moving hump, or the infamous put the candle back sequence with the bookcase and Terry Garr. Brooks didn't know if it would succeed, but it was insisted that they make it in black and white. And then they were able to actually obtain some of the uh, laboratory instruments from the original Frankenstein films to lend a little more authenticity to it and there's there's a late joke while they're making a monster where one of the machines is turned off to let the monster come to life and one keeps going until Marty Feldman punches it like we all do a a finicky piece of machinery. Uh, Blazing Saddles actually has a connection to Wilder's uh, next collaborations after Mel Brooks in that it was partly written by Richard Pryor. Uh, Again if you've not seen Blazing Saddles I'm not going to attempt to describe it other than it skewers racism in such a clever intelligent way and really although Wilder comes off as the star of the film the main character uh, is an African-American sheriff named Bart who was assigned to a classic Old West town with the idea that certainly they'll not withstand a black sheriff Again, the, the cast is littered with typical Mel Brooks performers, Harvey Corman, Madeline Kahn again, and it's, it's just simply hysterical. Gene Wilder plays the Waco Kid, uh, the fastest gun in the West, and there's some great moments where he snatches a chess piece between uh, Cleavon Little's outstretched hands to show just how fast he is, which is again hilarious and ridiculous. Uh, Blazing Saddles, I think, is is 1A to me behind Young Frankenstein. But again, it's another movie where if you happen to be flipping around channels and catch a few minutes of of Blazing Saddles and Gene Wilder's wonderfully understated performance in that, where he's not really maniacal. He's frequently even somewhat of the straight man to some of the jokes. But again, his comic timing is is precise and really makes the, the dialogue that Brooks... Writes and Andrew Bergman in that case and prior, uh, perfect and and full of great humor. After the Mel Brooks time, uh, Wilder spent a few more years making films that were effectively attempts at the Mel Brooks uh, type of thing: uh, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, Smarter Brother, the World's Greatest Lover, things of that nature. Uh Again, a, a really a better collaborator than anything. Wilder's films without Brooks aren't as great. They certainly have their moments, and again, he is such a wonderfully gifted performer on s- on screen, with his ability to time lines and time glances, and to go from a very serene look to his wild-eyed, uh, high-pitched self. His second collaboration set which were also very successful, was when he connected with Richard Pryor, who at that time was at the the height of his uh, controversial stand-up uh, drug living and all of those sorts of things. And then ultimately, they made a, a fun movie called Silver Streak together, which was essentially a Hitchcockian murder mystery uh, with the wrong man being accused of a crime, which again is the Hitchcock theme, in Wilder and him connecting with the questionable character of of Richard Pryor who eventually helps him solve the mystery and there's lots of scenes on trains which again is a very Hitchcock thing and it's a fun movie Uh, The Prisoner's Patrick Magoon is the bad guy, Jill Clayburgh is the love interest and it's it's very funny and it has a a scene that plays much better in the 70's probably than it does now where in an attempt to disguise Gene uh, Richard Pryor comes with the idea that he should wear face, pla- face paint and pretend to be black, uh, which he's not very good at. So th- that's one that you may not have seen that's worth a watch too. After that, the very successful and really, really funny Stir Crazy, which was actually directed by the Oscar-winning actor Sidney Pontier came out and it's f- it's frankly hysterical. The first half of that film is as funny as any movie you'll ever see. Uh, Pryor is hilarious and Gene Wilder's wide-eyed, innocent, naive skip really sets the movie up. Uh, they get wrongly accused of having committed a crime by a couple of guys that set them up. Uh, but from start again to finish the movie is just so funny. Uh, the supporting cast is very good. It has a couple of stereotype jokes that were again a little more funny or a little more uh, relaxed mindset than they are now um, from the from the time that, th- that it was made. But if you can get past that, and they're they're pretty benign, uh, you'll see again some familiar faces from a lot of character actors. Uh, Craig T. Nelson, uh, Barry Corbin are in this. But that's a really funny movie. Um, Probably as good as their collaborations come. They also made See No Evil, Hear No Evil, where they each played, as you can imagine. One was blind, one was deaf, uh, which is also a a very, very funny movie. But overall, Gene Wilder is probably best remembered uh, as the original, probably should be the only, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was made in 1971, just prior to Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, but after the producers. And Wilder's take on the magical, impish mastermind of the candy factory it is a fabulous movie. Uh, I've heard criticism of it because of some of the uh, issues regarding how it treats the children. It's a big allegory about various things. And probably shouldn't be taken quite that seriously, but, well, that's sort of the way things go now. Uh, an interesting story I have read about it was because of the whole deception and questionability of the Wonka character and what he really intended and all the the points of the, the golden ticket, um, Wilder wanted to start the film off with a misrepresentation by uh, Wonka that would set up the rest of the plot so in the beginning he comes out apparently with a limp or walking with a cane and then he suddenly springs into a somersault and Wilder believed that that was an effective way to show that everything that Willy Wonka said or did couldn't really be totally trusted. Uh, it's, it's a magical movie. It, it's very fun and again, I, I presume everyone has seen it. If you haven't seen it and you've suffered through the Johnny Depp-Tim Burton remake, uh, I invite you to see the real Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, I know the book is named Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But it's it's a great movie. And it's a circumstance where Gene Wilder's talent as a comedian but also as an actor is much different than the roles that you've seen him in when he was trying to to be funny, um, in this, there's a, a lot of sequences of it that require him to be very pure and very dramatic and understated. Even uh, the very ending scene, of course, where he challenges Charlie uh, and Charlie comes through, is is a wonderful scene. But it's a it's it's a light-hearted movie where the the violence, if you will, is is cartoonish. And ridiculous and wonderful. I believe actually, um, the child that played Charlie never did not did not ever make another movie again. I believe I think it's the one and only movie he's in. Um, and also, Gene sings, which he could do. And it's it's a magical ride. So if, again, if you've not seen that one, I, I think you should. Uh, it's a great script it's a great movie and it's it's a children's movie with a different turn uh, that can be enjoyed to this day by adults Uh, other than that of course it's responsible for about a thousand facebook internet memes or memes however you want to pronounce it of him leaning over on his on his bent arm with a a wry grin not believing what he's being told the last thing about Gene Wilder to add in a historical context is that he was married to, up until her death, one of the great original Saturday Night Live cast members, Gilda Radner. Uh, if you're old enough to remember her run in in Saturday Night Live, she was one of the funniest character or series of characters in that show. Uh, I can only imagine. Uh, what they were like as a couple although again Wilder claimed to not be particularly funny in person but Gilda was funny all the time Uh, unfortunately Gilda left many many left us many many years ago due to breast cancer and uh, Wilder took that very hard but also took it to heart because he became a lifelong cancer advocate in in the wake of Gilda's death at any rate uh, a handful of movies again that if you haven't seen come highly recommended to enjoy the gifts that Gene Wilder brought to the screen. The ones you may not have seen I think would be potentially the producers. Um, he's also in a very brief moment in Bonnie and Clyde where he's picked up by the, the Barrow gang uh, only to reveal at some point he is an undertaker which gets them thrown back out of the car again because Bonnie uh, does not like that. At any rate um, he's given us one of those eternal gifts which is a series of films that will probably be funny to people forever. Um, again, my favorite being Young Frankenstein, yours may be Blazing Saddles or See No Evil, here No Evil, etc. But the fact that he left behind a half a dozen or more movies that we can truly argue about which one is the very funniest and which one is the most enjoyable or a favorite is in itself a gift. Uh, he had not acted in many, many years and passed away at the age of 83. So, uh, as the chief of the Movie Nuts, I thought this was an important time to mention uh, all of these great movies. And we will see you next time on the Movie Nuts podcast. Thank you.